love doing somatic modalities. So I have found that when we incorporate both body, both energy work, we see healing. Traditional talk therapy, you can talk for years and years and then finally get to like, oh, wow, I realized that when I was five, this happened and this has been the problem with all the things. And it took us three years to get there with just traditional talk there, as opposed to using the body as a way to also help therapy reduces the amount of time it takes to work on a goal. I'm Dr. Seth Osgood, the founder of Grassroots Functional Medicine. After personally struggling for years upon years with chronic health issues that traditional medicine and pharmaceuticals could not resolve, I finally found relief in true healing through a functional medicine approach. Since then, I've dedicated my life to helping patients around the world transform their health by getting to the root cause of symptoms and restoring their body's natural ability to heal. This experience has shown me that a true state of wellness often requires an integrated approach that brings in multiple disciplines and modalities. In this podcast, I will interview a variety of practitioners and health professionals to educate and empower you on the full spectrum of tools that are available to reclaim your health and vitality. If you are struggling with health challenges and you are not getting the answers or results you feel you deserve, or you simply want to optimize your health and take a proactive approach to wellness, this podcast is for you. And if you like this show and find it helpful, be sure to tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Functional Medicine Podcast. Today we have another special guest. We're talking all about mental health with Christine Free. And we're not just taking the traditional approach to mental health, we're talking about all of the many modalities that can help you achieve both mental and physical wellness. Christine is a licensed therapist who holds multiple certifications and she specializes in various therapeutic modalities. She's a Holy Fire Reiki practitioner yoga instructor. She's trained in ketamine-assisted psychotherapy and so much more. She takes a holistic, mindful, and metaphysical approach to clinical counseling and somatic healing to help heal and unify the mind, body, and soul. What I love about Christine and her approach is the fact that she's not taking a cookie-cutter uh, approach to mental health. She's thinking about all aspects of health, both physical and mental, and then she's using all of her training to guide people and give them the resources they need to be successful. I know you're going to love this episode, so please stay tuned till the end. Let's dive in and get started. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the Grassroots Functional Medicine Podcast. I'm just so excited to have you on and to hear all about your story and the things you're doing in the health and wellness industry. Well, it's wonderful to be here. Awesome. Well, before we kick things off, what I'd love for our listeners to, to, to know is a little bit more about your background and really what makes you so passionate about mental health. Okay, so I am an LCMHC, a licensed mental health counselor, and all the extra letters that come with it. I'm also a yoga teacher and a Reiki practitioner. So I really fell in love with therapy since I was a kid. I think that I've always been a healer in that kind of sense. And I loved doing psychology in my undergrad. And then I worked in a few different mental health arenas, a locked facility for adolescent girls, 
which then stemmed me into an outreach program working alongside other clinicians. And I really loved the one-on-one factor and watching people heal that way. And so I got into my master's programs for clinical counseling and that took me a little bit longer than it should have, but that's only because life, you know, life gets in the way of things. And uh, here I am. That's awesome. So I know you recently moved to New Hampshire, right? From, from North Carolina. Is that right? So born and raised in New Hampshire, I have a gypsy heart and I left in 2013 after getting married, very whirlwind-like, and I was brought down to North Carolina because my ex-husband was in the military. And actually, I had to take a break from doing mental health work. And I actually did personal training and um, taught yoga during the time I was in North Carolina. And then we ended up in Georgia. Same thing, just focused on finishing my master's. I taught yoga. And then once I finished my master's, my, my marriage ended amicably. And I moved back to North Carolina and I had to work on getting my license in North Carolina, which is such a rigmarole. So by the time that was all said and done, and I could finally start back into mental health, I had a personal trainer certification. I was teaching yoga and I was starting to dabble with energy work. So 2016, I started doing my licensed mental health work. Awesome. So you got a wide array of different practices. And I'm anxious to hear all about those because I know you're (laughs) intermingling a little bit of everything and what you're doing now. But Mm -hmm. before we talk about that, do you mind just talking about mental health in general? I know, you know, it's such a big problem and affects so many different people. And and, a lot of people are struggling and, you know, some people don't even know that it's a problem. But you know, what have you seen as far as the, the epidemic of mental health in the last several years? And, you know, have you seen an uptick with COVID? Do, do you mind just talking about the problem in general? I think it's so important to address. Yeah. So mental health is, I, I don't even know where to begin as far as like awareness goes, you know, there's, there's so many different pockets and there's so many different areas. And I really try to use the term mental wellness because illness is just, we kind of want to stay away from there. So I have found that mental wellness has been really just an issue as far as awareness wise for generations, like generations. I think that with mental health, we are seeing a lot more limelight to it we're seeing a lot more, oh, this is important. We should pay attention to it. With that being said, though, I think that we're seeing that it is way more prevalent and of an issue in itself than we ever have before. So, and it it's very fluid. So when I work with teenagers back in like 2010, 2011, I saw way more eating disorders. I saw way more um, just even depression. Now, it's not that I don't see eating disorders, but now I see anxiety and just the idea of 
having no idea who they are and just the different fluidness of diagnoses are everywhere. And, and I hate diagnoses to be quite honest. So I think that, and then with the pandemic, we have seen even more issues come in just with the isolation, you know? Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break and let you know all about the Prolon Fasting Mimicking Diet. In episode 25, we would discuss the amazing benefits of implementing a fasting mimicking diet with Dr. Antoon, who is the CEO of El Nutra, who puts out the product. And this is a fast that I have become quite fond of. We have recently partnered with Prolon, which allows us to offer a special discount to podcast listeners. If you visit prolonfmd.com forward slash grassrootsfm, what you're going to get is 20% off your next fasting mimicking diet, which is a five-day kit. Everything you need is in the kit for those five days. You can also find the link in the show notes. I've done this five-day fast multiple times and have seen some really great results. And the best part about this fast is the fact that they have the science to back it up. Weight loss, improved blood sugar, reduced inflammation, autophagy to promote longevity, all of this and more from a simple, tasty five-day reset. So check it out and consider giving it a try. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, I'm in agreement there. I think the diagnosis, you know, honestly, it just gives people a label, right? It doesn't tell them what's going on or why the problem exists. So mental health is such a big problem in our society. I was hoping that you could just touch a little bit on how big of an issue it is and what the standard approach to mental health is and really what your opinion is on what's missing. Why is this approach of failing so many people out in our communities? Okay. So it is widely different across the board, state to state. So I'm sure that some listeners from one state are going to disagree and there'll be some people that are like, Yes, absolutely. So I will say that I know in my experience that I'll have clients come to me and they will be usually I will be maybe the third therapist that they've seen and they are so frustrated with the entire process. They are frustrated with how long it took them to get to my office. They are frustrated with how long they were waited to be seen. They were frustrated with just even prior experiences with other therapists. Every therapist is different. And I always tell clients, you know, well, it kind of takes a little bit to find the right one. But I think the biggest issue is that when they finally, when we finally realize that we want some help, that we go to our doctor, our primary care, like, hey, I'm experiencing this. And they'll put in a referral, but in the interim, they'll be like, let's throw this medication at, at you. They'll come to me like, I've been on Lexapro for X amount of time, or I've been on Zoloft for X amount of time. So with that being said, I have clients come in and they're feeling all wonky because they're been a guinea pig on medications and they don't know which ones work for them. They're feeling upset because they aren't getting to the root of the problems that are happening. And then not only that, the big issue is that they go to agencies and unfortunately it's a revolving door. 
agencies do not pay very well. So therapists don't stay very long. So, you know, unfortunately, clients are being seen by five different therapists in the course of a year. And that's very frustrating. So that's, that's just touching on some of the issues with yeah. what's on with mental health and our systems. So and you mentioned it before, the lack of resources and how, mm-hmm. how much that varies from place to place. We find with a lot of our patients, too, is that they, they can't get in with a therapist. I mean, they, you know, even <laughs> everybody's full. And uh, I mean, I know it's it's got to be a difficult profession you know, be in and know it's an overwhelmed profession. So, you know, these people are really struggling and they're getting all of these medications from their doctors, like you said, that sometimes they help, but a lot of times they don't or they make things worse. And then they're never really getting to the bottom of what's actually happening and why those right. feelings or those emotions are there. And and that's what's you know really exciting about some of the things that you're doing. I know you, you know, with your background and your diversity and your training, you've got a lot of tools in your toolbox. And I think that is key because, you know, like you said, everybody's going to have a therapist that works for them. And sometimes it takes a few different people to figure that out. But I always encourage my patients, you know, you got to keep looking until you, till you find that the right fit. And then you want someone who's going to have more tools in the toolbox because each person needs a different type of, of treatment or a different type of therapy. So do you yeah. mind telling us a little bit about, you know, some of the therapies that you're familiar with that you find mm-hmm. really helpful in your practice? I love doing somatic kind of modalities. So I have found that when we incorporate both body, both energy work, we see, I hate to use the word aggressive, but my clients are more aggressive with their healing and there's more like traditional talk therapy, you can talk for years and years and years and then finally get to like, oh, wow, I realized that when I was five, this happened and this has been the problem with all the things. And we it took us three years to get there with just traditional talk there as opposed to doing a modality like EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing or IFS, which is internal family systems. So, but using the body as a way to also help therapy reduces the amount of time it takes to work on a goal. Awesome. Um, I can give an example. And I I had asked permission from one of my former clients if I could. Yeah, please. For HIPAA reasons, I'm going to call her Mickey. So Mickey came to me, this was like in 2021, 2022, Mickey came to me and she had some anxiety around health related issues, like going to the doctor and just, she was always worried like about her high blood pressure and she was in her twenties, young, vibrant girl. And so we did EMDR and when you do EMDR through telehealth, you have to, you don't, you know, cause normally you follow the pen or the, and yeah. Tell us how EMDR works. I was curious. Yeah. That's new, a concept for a lot of people. Yeah. So I'll back up. So EMDR, so it's utilizing bilateral stimulation and it overrides the central nervous system. So then we can go into the subconscious and bring subconscious memories and subconscious things up to the conscious level. So subconscious work is really, really important 
in therapy because that's where we hold our traumas. It's where we hold our ancestral generational curses. And if it's subconscious, we don't know it's happening, right? Because it's subconscious. The moment we're aware of it, it becomes conscious. And that's the whole purpose of doing EMDR is being able to get into that subconscious, bringing the muck up and making it conscious so we can sift it out and, you know, either pull the thorns out, throw them away, replant seeds that were just overwatered. You know, so does that analogy work? That works great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's so important to talk about because Mm -hmm. we know the connection, you know, we work a lot with physical health and Mm -hmm. physical ailments. Or, or imbalances. And at a lot of times, I, I truly believe that the, the trauma and those deep seated emotions of the subconscious are, are contributing to the physical problem. So, you know, without addressing that, without, yeah. you know, finding ways to o- identify that and to overcome the, those subconscious issues, it's really hard to find physical healing. So I love the fact that EMDR does that. And I know there's a lot of other modalities to to tap into that subconscious, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a really important tool to, for people to be aware of to, because so many of us are, have dealt with trauma. I mean, pretty much everybody has something, you know, in their past. So back to my client with Mickey, right? So she came in, she really just wanted a better perspective. She wanted to be able to control her anxiety because she hated the fact that she would go to the doctor or the hospital and think that she was dying. And, you know, she's in her early twenties. She's, and she literally came in where she was vibrant and alive and awesome and full of spunk. She was just always worried. So we did EMDR and we found out that we were brought to, in her subconscious, her experience with a car accident. And how it really just like brought up her existential feelings of death. So then what I did was because I am not a one modality type therapist. I think that there's so many great modalities. So then what I did was I took EFT like tapping and matrix re-imprinting, which matrix re-imprinting is it's essentially taking EFT and putting it on steroids. That's how it was explained to me. And it's more subconscious work there too. So with the tapping, we tap on different parts of the body, some meridians. I know you can see me, so, but it's like we're tapping on the side of the palm. We're tapping on top of the head, in between the eyes, side of the eyes, under the eyes, under the nose. And then we did by the chest and over the heart. And we were able to, as we were working on these subconscious like thought patterns that, you know, she, that she was safe, that she was in control. We were tapping into the body's response to this. And then how we tested it out was she would go to the doctor and she would let me know how she felt. And we utilize a SUD scale. Now, if you want me to tell you what SUD stands for, I am having a mind blank and I cannot <laughs> I've just, That's okay. <laughs> you know, so I call it, it's, it's the sub scale. It's zero through 10. Zero means it doesn't affect you at all. 10 means I think I'm dying. And so whenever she would go to the doctors or anything, and she was worried about hearing what they were going to say, she was always in between a seven and a nine. So after we did these field clearing techniques and we did EMDR and she went to a doctor's appointment, she came back and she's seeing like, 
I was at a four, huge. And so we kept doing that and kept doing that until finally she was like, I feel really in control of my health. Wow. I feel really in control of my health. I feel great about, you know, decisions I make. And we planned exiting out of therapy. We did therapy for under a year. She wow. came in. She said, this is what I want to work on. We worked on it. And I mean, rock started. She really wanted to heal and utilizing our body and our energy with our emotional state. It just, it's mind blowing. It was so like awe inspiring to see her heal herself. Yeah. You know, but I, and that's what I always tell, you know, I tell my clients, like you're doing the hard work. It takes so much just for you to walk in that door. And I'm here to offer you tools to figure out what works for you. Absolutely. So with the EFT, because I, I love that, do you mind just telling us a little bit more about what it does? So you're saying you're tapping on different meridians. What is the purpose of that in, in relationship to the subconscious or to those emotions? So when you tap into different meridian points of the body, how it was taught to me and with therapy, so I'm sure in the functional medicine point, you have extra tidbits to share, which is cool. But for us on this mental health side, when we tap into meridian points, we're moving energy. So like, you know, different chakras, right? So we know the seven chakras of the body. Well, we have way more than that, like hundreds more, right? So the meridians are also points of energy. So when we're tapping on these points, so like I'm tapping right now and I can instantly feel like, oh, you know, calming down. I'm not gonna, I'm, I notice I'm, not talking as quickly, right? So when we bring focus to tapping on these meridian points, we're realigning the energies in our body. So have you done tapping before? I haven't. No, no. Patients who have done that, but that's new concept to me. So I'm sure it's new to a lot of people, you know, understanding it is really helpful. Okay. Well, real quick, I want you to put your palm up and I just want you to start tapping on the side of your palm. It doesn't have to be hard, but just like tap and connect to that breath, right? And then I want you to stop and I just want you to bring focus to where you tapped. Do you feel that resonating? Vibration? That, like, yeah, you feel that? Yeah, yeah. So that right there is that resonating energy. You tapped into that energy and you're realigning the frequency, right? So when you do that in all the different spots that we tap, you're realigning your frequencies and you're doing it with your own self. It's kind of like you're being your own tuning fork, I guess, yeah, would be a yeah. good analogy for that. And people do that around specific emotions? Or oh, we do it around specific emotions, around specific intrusive thoughts. Traditional EFT, when I was taught it, you're supposed to kind of say the negative stuff. Now, I, I'm not going to knock that. I think that that works, but I have found that I, I don't do it that way. I usually utilize the tapping and EFT with clients to tap in affirmations, to tap in positive thoughts. So another example would be, let's see. So I have another client, again, another anxiety client, and it's a social anxiety, doesn't want to leave the house. So when they do go and they go out to the grocery store, we've created this habit where what they do is they tap, they tap on the side of the palm. And they're like, even though I get really nervous about leaving the house, I know I can do hard things. 
and they tap and they say that three times and then they run through the different spots. So they'll tap on the top of the head. They'll be like, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And then they'll go on to the next one and they'll say different stuff that kind of resonates with what they're doing. And so by the time they get through all the tapping, they've re-regulated their breathing. They've kind of reconnected to their central nervous system. And now they're ready to get in the car. Great. That's great. Mm -hmm. And so easy, right? Easy to do, or they can do that anywhere. Yeah. yeah, You can literally tap anywhere. And I tell people that all the time, like if you're out, and you're noticing like you're feeling some kind of way. And so it just depends too. So there's other thing. I mean, I do think sitting with the emotion is important. So if you're having like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, I do think that not pushing it away is good because you're allowing your amygdala to retrain itself. So when we have panic attacks or anxiety attacks, our amygdala is just like going crazy. It's flaring up and and it only lasts typically no more than 20 minutes so what i tell my clients when those things happen to sit with it be, and remind you like 15 to 20 minutes it's going to you're going to get through this and when you get through it you have that breath and you just actually physically rewired the amygdala to know that oh wow i am not going to die if I go into this coffee shop and they have like actual readings of fMRIs that prove that. So I introduce the tapping after we work through that. I don't, I try to avoid telling people to not work with their emotion, to push it away because that can be bad too. So I, I do kind of say, Hey, let's sit with this emotion, let it flow. Cause I like to say emotions are like water. Yeah. They're fluid. They have substance let them flow because the moment you you know don't allow water to move it becomes dead water it's stagnant and then that breeds a lot of bacteria and grossness same thing kind of with your emotions if you just block them and you make them become stagnant they too are going to create metaphorical bacteria and then all of a sudden you're stuck in a mood that you can't get out of Absolutely. Now I know another, you also uh, practice cognitive behavioral therapy. Is that correct? Yep. That's what I was just talking about. The CBT. Okay. Got mm-hmm. So, so you're, do you mind just telling, so, so a lot, cause people are a little bit more familiar with that mm-hmm. with CBT. What, how does, how does that differ from, you know, some of these other modalities? So yeah, so CBT is the gold standard of therapy. And what's really funny is if you were to ask me, even maybe last year, how I felt about CBT, it's very different than how I feel about it now, right? So CBT is the, you come in, all right, let me hear what you got. All right, this is your homework. You need to do it. And then we'll talk about it when you come back. That was, that's kind of like the quick synopsis of it. And that's what I learned in college. And then I really didn't do any more kind of trainings in CBT or refreshers in it other than that. So I kind of just steered away from it without realizing I still gave my clients homework, but it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't really big. And then I, you know, did trainings in EMDR and the other pieces to it and like the, the somatic parts. Well, I just, you know, was like, let me refresh myself with CBT. Let me go back to roots. And I realized, oh my gosh, like 
no, CBT is really important. You know, we, we should be using homework. We should be saying, okay, we're putting these into practice. You're utilizing these tools in session, but I see you for an hour a week, or I see you for an hour every two weeks. What are you doing in between there? That's where the magic happens. You take what we do, you get the work and you go do it. And that's where you, that's where CBT reigns is that it forces us to do the work that we're doing in the hour that you see your therapist. So, so what you're telling me is, and overall though, you're finding that the best results come from that full body approach where you're utilizing different tools with different people. So it's no, it's not a cookie cutter experience that you're manipulating it. You're changing the therapies that you're implementing based on the person that's there and what they've been through and what fits well for them specifically. Absolutely. I mean, geez, (laughs) like, like we said earlier, you know, you go, you go to your first therapist and you just don't feel the vibe and you don't give up until you feel the click because that's really important. One, it shows you two things because you're showing that you're not giving up on yourself and that you're saying, no, I, I really want to work on this stuff. Two, you're saying I would like quality and not to say that it wasn't quality, but you want quality that you can relate to, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really important that people understand that different modalities are really important because we are all uniquely the same, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we say the same exact thing from a medical standpoint, right? We're not, we don't claim to have all of the answers. We don't claim to have, you know, the right tool for each person. We like to have a big toolbox because I feel like that is helpful for getting people to a, a better place. But at the same time, you might find another practice or another practitioner that fits well mm-hmm. with you and that, that you jive better with that, you know, you, you get a better you know, emotional attachment to. And, and I think that's important. People have to trust their gut. You know, you don't want to give up on something right away, but at the same time, you want to give it a fair shot. And if it's not working for you, you've got to, you've got to do something different because if we just accept the same thing, that's not working, we're not going to make progress Whether that's with your mental health or your physical health or your personal life in general. So I, I love that you, you said that. Yeah. I mean, and it's one of those things, like I'll have some people that come in and see me and They've got their physical health down. So I don't have to really bring in a lot more physical, you know, how's your nutrition? What are you eating? Because I think as a therapist, understanding that there is such a big piece to the physical aspect, not just doing somatic activities, but I'll ask my clients, you know, what does your diet look like? Right. What are you drinking? Do you drink soda? Like how much, how much air, like how many times a day are you going outside? Cause that's going to dictate how I do my modalities too. You know, if I have someone right. that says, Oh, I'm, I'm inside 12 hours a day and I do a lot of sitting and I really don't like to cook for myself. I know that, okay, we're definitely got a vitamin D deficiency we're going to have some gut issues. So our serotonin is not going to be being produced. So, all right. So I'm going to say, all right, well, how about this? Can you try and get outside for me and just like sit maybe 15 minutes? And while you're doing that, I want you to practice doing that, you know, tapping exercise we just did as you reflect about 
you know, whatever issue that was that we were working on. So I know that it's important to also get that element out because we can do, we can spend hours in therapy and doing great work for the hour. And we've made so many gains, but if my clients aren't getting outside, not getting nutrient dense foods, not getting good water, they're still going to feel depleted and not good. And they're going to be even more frustrated with what's going on. It's never a single solution, right? It's all, it really has to be a whole body approach. And I think with mental health, the other piece of that is it's never just a one pill fix, right? And unfortunately, I feel like our society has become accustomed to the the fact that they think that a pill is going to fix all their problems, especially when it comes to mental health. And part of the problem is, you know, the pharmaceutical agencies shoving it down our throats. Every commercial, other commercial on TV is for some type of drug. In in the fact that our medical community really isn't appreciating, uh, the the majority of them anyway, aren't appreciating that whole body approach, especially with mental health, right? Like you said, there's all of these different options and therapies that need to be considered because when you work on nutrition and you work on stress and you work on lifestyle and you focus on addressing that trauma and those subconscious thoughts, when people really take that full body approach, that's when it's just awesome to to witness Mm -hmm. what's truly possible without relying on a pharmaceutical. And it's not to say that we're against that. Some people need meds once in a while to help, you know, bring some stability to the situation, but it should never be our goal to be on medications long-term. We really need to be focusing on the root cause, whether it's, you know, physical or, or mental, or most of the time, a combination of both. Yeah. Well, to kind of caveat that, I will tell you more than 95% of my clients, when I start with them, either they're telling me, Christine, I don't want to be on medication or they're telling me I want to get off my medication. I would even go as far as to say even more than 95% of my clients are like one of the biggest things is don't put me on meds. And I love that I get to say, oh, no, I did not go for that degree. That's not yeah, my thing. Good. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, today I actually we were, I was just prepping one of my clients because they're having a med management appointment at the end of the week. And we've been working on getting them to decrease the amount of medication they're on. And it's, it's been awesome, you know, so they started off with a very high dose of their antidepressant, they cut it down to half in that interim of them cutting down to half. One of their goals was to be able to go out. They'd never been to a movie theater before. They wanted to go to a movie theater. They get, you know, so social anxiety was a big thing. So in that like period of just dropping from 100 to 50 milligrams off of their antidepressants, we actually did so much work that they went to a movie. Awesome. And they couldn't do and they would not do that when they were on the higher dose of medication. So here they are decreasing their meds, doing even more work, feeling more in control of their body, having less brain fog, and they're doing these goals. And that goal, we set that in January. And we said, how about by June, we gave six months to get there. They went to a movie in March. So three months, they did that. And That's now awesome. so coming Friday, they want to do another like split. They want to go to 50 to 25. And we did that reminder of look how much work you did. You know, you decreased your meds and right. just think about like how, and we always have a plan in place when this happens. And so we were, I love working with my clients on either 
not getting on medication or coming off of medication. And yeah, that, so that was one example. And then prior to that, I had another one today in the morning and she stated that she loved the fact that she utilized her medication for what she needed. And she is so happy that she is now working to be off of it because she recognizes yeah. she's strong capable of being off of it. So absolutely. And, and it breaks my heart when people are told by their doctors that this is something you just have to stay on the rest of your life. We okay. hear that all the time. And that is you know, so far from the truth. It doesn't, and it robs people of hope. It robs people of, again, just the fact of being free from medications. And okay. if you don't do anything different, the yes, you're going to stay on that medication the rest of your life, right? But if you do dive into those root causes, if you do take that whole body approach, it's just, it's amazing what people can accomplish. And then you're free from the stronghold of yep. a lot of these medications and the side effects that come along with them. But I, I know one of the the fundamental parts of your practice is the Merkaba. And I, that's a totally new term for me. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about what that is and why it's so important. Okay. So are you familiar with sacred geometry? Uh, I'm not. No. So sacred geometry, it's, I mean, it's been around since the dawn of time. So I'm, I'm not going to go way out there, but so the Merkaba or Merkaba pronounce either or it is it means chariot in hebrew and it is two decahedrons that's that's a mouthful for me stacked together what it does is you know it's spinning simultaneously in opposite directions but at the same time if you can kind of picture that so you have two decahedrons spinning but they're going in opposite directions but moving together so with that being said and there is, there's even a Merkaba meditation out there, and it's a beautiful meditation, and it works with numerology, like the number 19. And so what I have found that with mental health, with body work, there's also the spiritual part of it. Mm -hmm. So Merkaba, if we break it down, Mer is the mind, Ka is your spirit, Ba body right so the merkaba is the vessel to unite the mind and spirit together so taking care of the body takes care of your mind takes care of your spirit so you can travel in the most exponential way you can as a person on the different levels whether it be mental physical or spiritually okay so the Merkaba is important for me because it literally represents the whole person, the whole being, you know? Right. So we are, we are all the parts and we have no bad parts. Excellent. So you're always, you're always taking that into consideration with everything you do, the mind, the body, and the spirit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and on that note, I know you, you also practice yoga or in or instructor and then Reiki as well. Yep. How do you find those therapies to complement, you know, what you're accomplishing with these other mental health modalities? So yoga, I mean, yoga for me, I've been doing since I was in high school and yoga really has saved me in various parts of my life. So I think that Yoga is really what helped me recognize the importance of body-mind connection. And then when I took my yoga teacher training, that connected me into 
the spiritual part of self, you know, and I say spiritual, not religious. So that's the importance of yoga to me. And so when I introduce it to clients, I, you know, I, I tell them the truth, like, this is how yoga helped me. Here are some poses that you might find really releasing. They'll do them and it connects to breath. So that's another fundamental piece to it. So then with Reiki, Reiki is an ancient, ancient energy, and it is a healing energy that just knows. So I was attuned by Christine McDonald. She lives and works in Massachusetts. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. And she attuned me with Reiki Holy Fire. I'm level two attuned. And essentially bringing in healing energy, in my opinion, it allows for more healing to happen in the room, happen in the individual. And Reiki can't hurt you. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can't be hurt by Reiki. So right. some people are like, oh, I didn't feel anything. I didn't notice anything. Other people are like, whoa, like that was transformational, you know? So Reiki is just, it's a passing of energy. And I am a conduit to pass that energy for healing. They have hospital units that actually have Reiki Reiki floors for cancer patients because it's been evidence-based proven to work. So yeah, so that's that's how that's one reason why I bring it in. So to kind of tie it together. So when I do EMDR or when I do the subconscious work, I always bring in a breathing exercise. And so usually my clients have their eyes closed. And so while they're doing that work, while they're in their subconscious, I'll actually be doing Reiki while to allow them to have a little extra healing, to have a little extra safety net for them while they're trampsing through their subconscious. And I've actually found that they come out when we, you know, talk about what they find in their subconscious, they'll even say like, that felt, I felt good about that. I didn't feel you know, I didn't feel like I was going to get lost. That's how I bring that in there. Awesome. That's great. So I guess, again, another tool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's awesome. well, what, another really hot topic, it seems in the mental health world is, is ketamine. And I know mm-hmm. ketamine assisted psychotherapy is something that you're familiar with. Do you mind just talking a little bit about ketamine, you know, and where people are seeing benefit from this and where the KAP is is again, helping people to achieve better results. So ketamine actually is the first and only FDA approved drug to use in psychedelic healing treatments. And so with ketamine assisted psychotherapy, you have an individual come in and they do the dosage. And as a therapist, you know, as a therapist, we're essentially holding space for you know, the ceremony, because it's a psychedelic experience. With the ketamine treatments, people really have seen so much inner healing work in just one treatment. Now, so they usually, I mean, it's not, you know, you take a, you take a, some ketamine and you go sit and with your therapist, it's, it's very controlled. You have the nurses, they watch and make sure that everything's going to plan. So in my experience, so 
I just recently finished my certification for it so I can sit with clients now. Prior to that, my experience with it is on personal levels. So I can state how healing it is on a personal level to utilize, you know, a ketamine assisted psychotherapy treatment. And I think that the safety of it and how this program is offered is really important and really beneficial. And that's another reason why this is such a great treatment is because it's safe. Right, exactly. I've had several patients that actually have uh, seen some really amazing results with ketamine, despite the fact that nothing else seemed to help them. These are people that are in bed, they've worn, exhausted every medication, and they just can barely function. And ketamine has really helped them to to turn their life around. And it, it's just, it's really encouraging to see that even the conventional world is starting to capture that. And, and I know there's different modalities, right? There's, there's infusions, and then there's intranasal yep. sprays. They're really expanding the options around ketamine because of the, the great results. And it's got research to back it. It's not mm-hmm. woo-woo medicine. I mean, this is legitimate no, stuff that can help a lot of people. So I love that again, not just doing this and expecting miracles to happen. You're following it up with the therapy to really make sure you're facilitating the best outcome. That really is the important piece. It's called integration. So right. you have the medicine and we call it medicine, right? So you have the medicine and you have your experience and it is a spiritual experience, you know, like a psychedelic experience is spiritual and it's hard to kind of give an example because we're, it's individualized, right? So you have your experience and then afterwards is the integration piece. And so some therapists will, they'll write, they'll be writing as the client is talking while they're in their psychedelic state, you'll have some that are just there holding space, maybe asking questions if that's what the client wants. Like it's very prepared. So before it even happens, you've created a dialogue, you've created a plan on how you want the ceremony to look. And afterwards you do a follow-up of what have you noticed? What are we doing? You integrate the things that you took from the ceremony, which then, so kind of circling back, that's where CBT comes in. IFS. And we didn't really touch on IFS, but IFS is internal family systems. That's working with parts. And the whole premise of IFS is that we are parts, you know, we're the sum of parts and we have no bad parts, these different parts that are feeling stuck. So when you have your, when you're having the medicine, you're going in and the parts that are needing healing, you know, are getting the healing after that happens and you do your integration, you come back. We're talking to those parts of self that received the healing And we're seeing how the experience and what has transpired and integrated into daily life from them. And the psychedelic part of it, like the medicine part of it, allows the brain chemistry to expand and open so we can like do that good therapy and healing work. So that's another reason why it just works so quickly and so well. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And so can you tell us a little bit more about your practice and, you know, are you accepting new patients right now? So I finally was able to get my North Carolina license transferred over here to New Hampshire. So I'm duly licensed in both states. And January is when I started my practice and it's called Merkaba Sacred Healing and Counseling. I am accepting new patients. I'm working on getting credentialed through some insurances right now. I am credentialed through TRICARE East. So I am taking TRICARE East patients. Self-pay, if people want to do self-pay, I'm always accepting that as well. I am only virtual just for now. So on my website, I have all kinds of information which is MarkabaSecretHealing.com. So I am offering virtual services right now, but, you know, probably I would say hopefully being optimistic by the end of the year, but definitely beginning of next year, in-person services and programs will be more available. This has just been awesome. I love how how you have so many different tools. And I, and I think that's so important. It's definitely a concept that I resonate with because each person is unique. And a lot of times it takes different modalities, you know, together to, to get people to where they need to be. So I just appreciate all that you're doing. And I'm excited to see your practice as it opens up, because I know there's other modalities we didn't even talk about that you're going to no, be incorporating. Medicine. I was sitting here thinking that I was like, oh man, like there's so much more stuff that we could, um, you know, (laughs) it's just, yeah. We'll save it for another day. That'll be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll put the show in the show notes. We'll put your website and, you know, your social so everybody can follow you and, and check out all the amazing things that you're doing. But I love to end every show with a health tip that our listeners can implement you know, even tomorrow to help them improve their state of wellness. Do you have a particular tip that might help our listeners take their the next level? So I wanted to first state kind of my motto with my practice is that to kind of remind people that you are everything and nothing less than that. Like you are everything and nothing less than that. So if you can take that and know that no matter what you do, the little bit that you do is enough. And I think that just recognizing that you're enough is so important. So if you wake up and you're like, man, I've been wanting to take that walk, go take the walk. If you wake up and you're like, you know what, today I'm going to drink that glass of water, drink the glass of water. And that is enough. So my tip for you is to know that you are enough you are seen, you are important, you are one in a billion chances of being here on this earth. And that is huge. So know that you're a gift. I love it. What a great tip. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for again, joining me. And I'm just so excited about all the things that you're doing. And I can't wait to, you know, again, just spread the word about you as a, as an, another tool and, and, and we'll be sending people your way. Oh, thank you. I look forward to listening to more of your podcast and I hope I get the chance of speaking with you again. We'll do it for sure. Absolutely. We'll have a wonderful day and thanks again. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm Dr. Seth Osgood, the founder of Grassroots Functional Medicine. 
Don't forget, you can join the Grassroots private Facebook group to connect with fellow health seekers and find practical tips to improve your state of wellness. Just search Grassroots Community on Facebook to join. And if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you're looking for a comprehensive program to reclaim your state of wellness with cutting edge testing, a team of providers to hold you accountable, and a structured plan of action to not only get you well, but to keep you well in the years to come, check out our adaptation programs online at grassrootsfunctionalmedicine.com. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.